It's wonderful, wonderful, isn't it? It is. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Homemaker Podcast. I am the Golden Greek. Alex Arion joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife. Hi. The lovely Monique. Hi. Hello. How are you? I am good. Thank you. You have your microphone backwards. Oh, do I? It's fine. I'm just, I'm looking at it. I'm like, what are you? It's not backwards. It's upside down. Oh. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, I, you set it up. Because I set it up That's this why time. It oh, wow. That's okay. We anyway. get this. All right. So, what's, uh, what's going on with you, my lady? Um, I'm officially, no, I was trying yeah. to think of how to word it. I'm officially a certified hypnotherapist. So, I had submitted all my work and I was just waiting for the word. And um, so, I'm really excited. Yes. And, congratulations and, again. Thank you. And I'm so I'm now a CHT, a professional certified hypnotherapist. And so it's with IACT, the International Association of Counselors and Therapists. It's a mouthful. Yeah. But it's awesome. Yes, it is. Really proud of you. Yeah, you you worked really hard. But it didn't uh, really feel like hard work. It was just, it was nice. No, I know. But I I mean, I saw firsthand the amount of hours and in in the reading and the classes you took and and, uh, just all the different, you know, consults you've done with people or uh, uh, what, what do they call it? You know, like when you're a, when you're becoming a doctor, they do residencies and stuff. Yeah. What do you call like what you have to do? Like you had to get, uh, you, you put in your hours. You yeah, put in your I put time my hours because I get, needed like hundreds of hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you put in all the time and effort uh, required, and, and and you you banged it out though. Like you you banged it out. I like don't mess around. I no, I have you, goals, and I want to get stuff done. That's why you and I get along so well. Because <laughs> when we want to get something, we we go we and we do, do it till it, it gets it done. done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So really proud of you. You you Thank earned you. it, and and you deserve it. And and you and quite frankly, you're you're f- fantastic at it because you. you know I think we mentioned on the show before you've hypnotized me several times, and yeah, you, you're very forget that that you're my wife and I'm madly in love with you, but. You just you you're, you just have a way about you and, and the way that you do everything. It's just it's really, yeah. I think you found your calling. So you. I'm really glad that you're Thank that you. you're doing this. Thank you very much. Absolutely, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I'm I'm just gonna boast for a second, but okay. like my my instructor. <laughs> Time to brag. You have to like submit all your work. I had to write inductions, a deepener, scripts for different things, and he said my work was impressive. There you have it. Yeah. Boom. So that was just exciting. Yeah. Well, it, like I said, uh, you earned it. Yep. So, so my website, um, it's almost done and I'm getting pictures like 
professional pictures taken and I was going to wait for those to be ready before I put out the website, but I might just get it out in the next week or two just yeah. to get it there so people can schedule appointments. Absolutely. I think that's the way to do it. But in the meantime, if you want to schedule an appointment with me, you can just send me an email. My email is Monique at innerstandings, with an S, hypnosis.com. So you might say, what's understanding? And we've talked about it on the show before when we've talked about words and their meanings. And we don't want to stand under people when we take in information. We want to take that information and put it within us. We want to understand it. We want to hold it within us and see how it feels. And if it rings true, then we can keep it. And if not, we can put it away for another time if we want. But that's why I named it understandings hypnosis. So I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S, hypnosis, H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S. There you go. So send me an email or you you can find me on Twitter at underscore Monique Giselle underscore. And you can send me a DM through Twitter if you're interested as well. There you go. Yeah. And how can people find uh, our podcast on social media? We have Twitter. Yes, at Homewrecker Pod. And that's it. That's it. (laughs) And that's it. And we also have a website. We do, homewreckerpodcast.com. And uh, aside from the hypnosis, you also have your other website. Yes, tarotbymonique.com. You can get a tarot or oracle reading, and you can get organite and incense, candles, all this awesome stuff that I make myself. So check it out. Check it all out. Yes, and how can people find you? Or do you Uh, not want them to? (laughs) I mean, I I have a Twitter. It's at the Alex Arion and... But I have alexarionfitness.com, which will be getting more stuff added soon. But yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been on Twitter now and it's been a, it's been a, at least a week and it's fine. I'm fine with it. Believe me. It's great. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to follow me, go for it. I, I can't really promise going that I'm going to be posting too much or anything like that. So I've been kind of like you not going on as much. So not really posting a lot on social media because I just don't want to go on social media. That's yeah, I, it's just a time suck. One thing I, feel, I so. did find on social media yes, is our friend and previous guest, Adriana Devine. Yes. She, she talked about her metamorphosis class, and it's a 21-day program that you can achieve your Master Reiki certification, and that's something that I said I wanted to do. Yeah. So I saw the other day that she posted that she's going to be doing another another course. So I was like, it's time to do it. So that way <laughs> I can use Reiki with my hypnosis. So while somebody's under hypnosis, we can do a little Reiki if needed too. That sounds, it's that's quite a combination. I, I mean, th- there's a lot, and obviously we're not going to talk about everything that you're, you're, you're planning on doing, but you have a lot of things that we've talked about together, mm-hmm. you know, in private that are, I don't think they've been done before. I don't think, not I to my know. knowledge. Maybe they have. Who knows? Maybe they have, but, but I'm going anyway, to do it. Yeah, anyway. I it's, thought it's, of it and I'm like, heck, it's, this sounds good. Yeah, so. absolutely. So it, it, keep an eye out. I, th- I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Once I kind of get stuff going, I'll be putting more and more on my website yeah, that of I course. offer. Of yeah. Course. But yeah, I think it's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. And uh, we, we talked about when we had Adriana on. She did. I I had a Reiki session done. It was the first time I've ever had anything like that done, and it was it was awesome. I I was very, you know, you know me. I'm like, all right, I'm open to stuff, but I'm not like 
uh, all in firm believer of everything. I'm very, you know, skeptically optimistic, I guess. I was very impressed. I was very impressed by it. So I couldn't think of a better person to teach something like that if you wanted to learn it. So absolutely. It'd be going to be really cool when you do uh, go through all that stuff. Yeah, so. so things coming through. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so anything else before we jump into this? No, I just, I think it's funny how we we, we start every podcast like that. Like, so what's new? Like, we don't know <laughs> what's new with well, us. What's but. new that we want to <laughs> share with everybody? Yeah, exactly. That's the question. What do we want to <laughs> share? Yeah. Well, that's it. well, I'm wearing glasses. Yes. For the, for the first, I finally got glasses. I made it 43 yeah, right? Is that how old I am? Yeah. Something like that? Yes. I think? Yes. I don't even know 43. how old I am. Yeah. yeah I without, had to think about how glasses. old I was <laughs> to figure out how old I don't think I've ever said how old I am on this uh, before, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I made it this long without glasses, and I woke up like, oh, it's been, bro, it's been like two months now, and I just, I couldn't see. I couldn't see, uh, you know, you pick up your phone to see what time it is or whatever, and I uh, it was blurry to me. First time it ever happened. Very, very weird. So finally went and got my eyes checked and sure enough, yeah. In all fairness, it's just one eye. And it is I just said one eye, you should have weird. gotten a monocle. A monocle, yeah. yeah, yeah. Should have got a monocle. You should have, just one <laughs> eye. <laughs> but yeah, so now I got to wear glasses when I, only to read. And the weird thing with the glasses, I'm going to mention it, is uh, I, it's got to be just me, my eyes getting used to them because I've only had them for a couple of days now. Uh everything like when I'm walking, I think I mentioned it to you when I walked out, I took the kids for a walk. Uh, and the first time I, I put them on outside and it was weird. Cause I'd looked down at the ground and it looked like, it, it looked like it was right. It was way higher than normal. And but I felt like I was two feet tall. You don't wear them all the time. Yeah. It's like when I first got glasses, it was like, like looking through them, it almost felt like the ground, like there was like a piece of picture cut out. And it was just like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, it was yeah, But that weird. didn't last long for me. It got better. Um, but you don't wear your glasses all the time. I do. Yeah, no, I, I only have to wear them, I, I guess, when I'm reading. Uh, he he uh, is what the doctor told me. He said, just wear them when you're reading, uh, doing anything like on a screen yeah. kind of thing. Because they have that blue light Blue blocker, blocking light. Uh, yeah. I got those lenses, those special lenses or whatever. And yeah, so I'm wearing them today because we're already doing some reading. And that's why um, I'm wearing mine because I have like three <laughs> pages of notes that I wrote and I was like, I should probably wear my glasses. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, yeah, that, that was the weirdest thing. I, I, like I said, when I was walking and I had to end up, I ended up just taking them off like two minutes into the walk. So I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't even see. <laughs> everything seems so weird. Just, yeah, my percep- my depth perception, everything was all thrown out of whack. So I, I guess eventually I'll get used to them. But You will. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. But any uh, anything else no, going on? It. Anything I'm else you want to share? You want to jump into this? Yeah. Let's, just, let's get lost. Let's get yeah. lost in the Bermuda Triangle, yeah, shall so we? Yeah, so last week we talked about how scientists, quote-unquote, solved the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle. Science. Science. They solved it. Not really. And we talked about, like, we the, we need to do an episode, and I was curious I wanted to learn more because like, you know how you know about things, but you don't really know about things. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me learn. So I did a lot of research. Yeah, you did. I I, I got a book by, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up his name. I think it's Gian Quasar, Quasar, Quasar. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. 
but he he wrote a really really good book about the Bermuda Triangle as well. And I I didn't read the entire thing, but I I read a, a good deal of stuff that nice. actually you, you've got notes on as well. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And we watched a documentary that was really interesting. That's so we're right. going to talk about that too. Sure. So for those who don't know, the Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle, is an area in the North Atlantic Ocean, and it's basically going from the area kind of like off the coast of Miami to Bermuda to Puerto Rico and then back. So it makes a triangle. So what had happened was over the years, there's been a lot of mysterious occurrences. Ships and planes have gone missing. They've vanished. They've like weather seems normal and then boom, they're just gone. Compasses don't seem to work. Now, we had mentioned last week about, like, the history. Like, oh, was it something that was already, this was happening, or did the government just make up this place? So the term Bermuda Triangle was actually first given, um, first described by Vincent Gaddis in 1964 in a news article. And that was, uh, he used the phrase to describe a triangular region that has been, no, that has destroyed hundreds of ships and planes without a trace. 1964. That's, yeah. I, I figured that it had been around a lot longer than that. Mm-hmm. Like the lore of it and everything. And Well, I think but, the stories, because I mean, the first well-known story I talked about was Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm going to yeah. talk about my opinions on that. Oh, well, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it's been going on for a long time, hundreds of years, stuff's been allegedly happening, but we're going to basically go through today. We're going to share some well-known stories. So what's, what goes disappearing there? We have boats and planes that go. Boats and planes. Yeah. Okay. Cause I think that's what goes through there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as I just mentioned, like things don't like compasses don't work. And, um, some people claim lights in the sky as if they're claiming there's extraterrestrials, maybe. Huh? Yeah. Very interesting. I I told you that I flew through there several times. I I think we must've gone, I think we did too when we went to the Bahamas because that's that route, right? I don't know. I don't know if they went that route. But I, I, I don't know if we shared this on the show, but that flight to the Bahamas. So we flew to Florida and then from Florida, we flew on this like little plane to the Bahamas. That's right. It was like almost That's like, you know, in the right. movies where like somebody goes on a private plane and there's like chickens and stuff in there. <laughs> That's almost what it felt like, except it was like seats, but it was really small. And I remember taking off in the plane and the way the plane was shaking was i was shaking like so bad yeah oh my gosh this plane is gonna fall apart <laughs> that's right and i'm just like trying to that's make right. my peace like okay we're gonna die <laughs> and like okay i don't have my son with me but i have my soon-to-be husband um it is what it is and i'm just like okay this is it and then it was fine and then landing was a little Ugh. yeah but it was, it was okay so going back when it got shaky. It wasn't as bad, but I think I was more prepared. Like, okay, no, this is this is what happens. Yeah the uh, the 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 worst turbulence ever that I I've, I've experienced. I, I've been on planes a bunch, not not in many years, but when I used to fly a lot, tur- the worst turbulence was 
in the Bermuda Triangle. Like, and, and it's, you know, I guess depending on what kind of flight you're on or what stewardesses are, are working or whatever, they'll have some fun with you. They'll tell you, oh, we're coming up. We're going to be going through the Bermuda Triangle. I would everyone. totally be doing Fasten that. Fasten your seatbelts, like that kind of thing, right? And this particular time, uh, I think I was, I can't remember if I was flying to or from Puerto Rico for wrestling. I can't remember, but it, it was, the turbulence was so bad. It was the worst, I'd, and I'd been on pretty shaky flights before. This was so bad, and everybody, like the you know the light comes on, the put the mask light on or whatever, like all that stuff. Everything was it was bad. It was shaky. I'm looking around at everybody. You know, I think I was like 23, 24 at the time, and I'm looking around like everybody's just kind of like. Mm-hmm. Do you, you remember know, what kind on. of time of year it was? It was in the summer. It, it was, was in the it summer. Was, uh, I want to say it was. It was in August. How was the weather? Did it seem normal? I I don't know. Okay, well I, that that much I that much I don't remember, that. but I just know that that was the scariest, and it lasted for a good half hour or so, and then it finally calmed down. And the pilot came on, and you know he came on several times. Oh, we're just it's it's rocky, but everybody hang tight. We're, we're gonna get through this, and that's a long time, a half hour. It was scary, wow. and, and and like wow. I said, it was I was white knuckling on the uh, the armrest and everything, you know, and 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 usually for me, I can sleep on airplanes, or at least I used to be able to. And I would just sleep on most flights. Oh, I can't do that. I, I, I was not able to get a wink. No, on, I, I on this can't particular sleep flight, but in public anyway. Oh, I, I don't like I said, I don't know anymore because it's been it's been many years since I've been on a plane and I, I can't see myself going on a plane anytime soon. But I used to sleep all the time. I'd just get in. OK, as soon as we get up off the air, my, my, my favorite flight rituals, I would look out the window because I always had to have the window seat. Always, didn't matter. Always made sure I had a window seat. I would always look out wherever I was leaving. If I'm leaving wherever, I, I don't know, Puerto Rico. If I'm leaving Puerto Rico, by San Juan, I'd always say, like audibly say it. Like if somebody's next to me, I don't care. I'd go, by San Juan or by Manchester, wherever I was leaving from. And I'd watch till we were high enough that I couldn't really see the ground anymore. I couldn't make out anything on the ground anymore. And then I would either put on headphones or open up a book and I'd read for a little while and then depending on how long the flight was I would just put my book away and I would just ease back in the seat out out until it was time to oh, land I can't. yep I could never do that oh yeah I would I would just sleep yeah no I don't trust people enough to fall asleep and leave myself vulnerable <laughs> plus I want to know what's going on because I was a super control freak so I'd be like like as if I could go in the cockpit and fly the plane if something happened. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. But I was like, I want to know what's going on. Well, so yeah, I would not sleep. Well, hey. I, but anyway, I didn't get any sleep that flight. But anyway, well, let's get back to the Bermuda Triangle. Enough. Apparently a lot Enough. of people didn't get sleep on their flights. So mm, Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about some of these so, well-known stories. One of we? the first documented was Christopher Columbus, October 11th, 1942. Really? Columbus in 1942? Yes. I'm sorry, 1492. <laughs> uh, yes, 1942. I had, I had to have fun with you on that Thank one. you. Thank you for catching that. Yes. 1492. Chris and the crew of the Santa Maria reported sighting a sighting of unknown lights um, just days before landing at Guanahani. I don't know if I'm saying that right. So basically what he described was like a big fireball going down like into the sea and which people have said it could have been a comet or a meteorite. 
possible. Sure. Um, but he reported that. Now, my question is, how did he really know he was there? Because he discovered America by accident, according to history. Supposedly. Allegedly. I don't know. I just don't know if I trust anything from Christopher Columbus. <laughs> he didn't know where the fuck he was going. Well, that's the that's the part. Yeah, that's the part of that story that's like, uh, how do you know where you were, dude? If it's 1492 and you... Th- like yeah, that, yeah, right, exactly. How would he know that that's where he was? Or, or but what, if or he got, if he found I mean? America, like, like if he landed in the wrong place, like how he, does he, he know? But he found America in 1492. Yeah. So how if he hasn't found America yet? Well, it says days before landing at Guanahani. So well, where the heck is Guanahani? I don't know. I didn't look it up. Okay. I was looking up other stuff. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I just thought that mm, I don't know if I can trust. Christopher yeah, Columbus. It's a story. Again, a well-known story. So believe it. Don't believe it. It's and again, we kind of have to question every story because you never of know. Course. Of course. Especially history. Yeah. So another interesting story is the, uh, the Marie, Marie Celeste. Celeste. Yes. And I think that's a pretty popular shit people know about. So in December of 1872, the Marie Celeste set sail from New York Harbor to carry cargo to a specified destination. But unfortunately, the ship never got there. What was the specified I destination? I didn't look it up. Okay. Again, I was looking up other stuff. I was like, okay, they're going somewhere. All right. Um, after several search and rescue efforts, the ship was found adrift in the Bermuda Triangle, but but without its crew of 11 people. So the people were missing, but the personal belongings, the food containers, previous cargo, lifeboats, all that stuff was still on the ship. And what's even weirder is that there was rotten food on the plates in the dining area. So basically it was like people were on the ship living life and then boom, gone. Very. No signs. Very interesting. Now. Hmm. What I'm, you know, I think did about okay. just dive overboard. Yeah, the, like what you know what I mean. Did like they, what, exactly, I was like, if, would everyone dive overboard for some reason? But the crew disappeared, so not the ship, but the crew. That was weird. Yeah, that is very strange. Yeah, I wonder if pirates came and. Well, but then all their belongings and stuff was still. But there. that's the thing. All the cargo was there. The precious cargo. And, and typically back then hmm. with pirates, they would either kill you or make you join. Right. Yeah. But they're going to rob you either way. But they're going to rob either way and yeah. all that's, nothing was robbed. No. So that's, yeah, that's very So yeah, that's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What? Well, so, well, let's revisit that one. Okay. We'll come back to that and hypothesize. Yes. Let's hear another so story. Here's another fun one. The Ellen Austin. And in 1881, uh, a crew came across an abandoned, the crew came across an abandoned ship that had all the amenities intact, but not a single crew member aboard. So basically like the Marie Celeste, that kind of situation. Okay. So what crew came across? Of the Ellen Austin. Austin, Yeah. They, so the the Ellen Austin Austin crew crew came came across an abandoned ship. Yes. Okay. okay, All right. So in an effort to salvage the ship, some of the crew hopped on board because it was a nameless ship and they, they wanted to maneuver it to go to New York. So during the course Ellen Austin's crew lost track of the abandoned ship. And when they came across it again, the ship was crewless. What? Yeah. So wait. So, okay, let me see if I get this straight. So the Ellen Austin is a ship. Yeah. They have a crew. They're 
sailing along. They're in the Bermuda Triangle, yeah. right? They spot another ship. Yeah. And that they, is abandoned. So they board this ship. They board the ship to bring it back. So some of these, some of this crew boards this ship yeah. to bring it back. Mm-hmm. So the you got so basically your crew is split. So yeah. you got a split crew now. So half the crew is still on the Ellen Austin. The other half is on this abandoned ship that they found. Yes. They start sailing and they lose track of the. They, yeah, the, the other goat, ship. The other ship. Yes. We'll call they it lose a ghost it. ship. Yes. So when they come come across when it again. come across it again, the crew's gone? The crew is gone. So their buddies are gone? They're gone. What? That's when Ellen, the Ellen Austin transmitted uh, for a rescue ship. It was communicated that the Ellen Austin was again dispatching a few of its crew members to the nameless ship. Upon reaching the communicated point, rescue ships never found any of the two. Both Ellen Austin and the ghostly ship had disappeared. So basically, they came across it, and they transmitted for help, and they sent more crew on that ship. By the time help arrived... Wait, on what ship? On a new ship? So another no, ship? No, the ghost ship that their crew was missing on the first time. The ghost ship. Okay, so hold on. I'm really confused now. So, so the Ellen Austin crew... The half that's still available. They well, found. Around. They found that they find ghost the ship, other ship, but their guys were their gone. Their guys are gone, so they transmit for help. Yeah, and then the rescue ship comes, and now everybody's gone. Yeah. So what had happened is they transmitted for help, but it seems that they put a few more crew members onto that ghost ship. Oh, I see. So okay. Yeah. Right. They so put if a they few had more- say randomly, say they had twenty people to begin with, they put ten on the yep. ghost ship. Those ten are gone. Now they got ten left. So they, they do put five, like or five whatever. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So then they put half, like a few more crew members onto that ghost ship, and then once that ship got to the communicated point where they were supposed to meet for help, the rescue ships that were there never found any of the two. Like those any rescue ships two- showed up. They never found any of the two what? The, the two ships. So the rescue ships showed up to the trans the point where they said like that a, they like were going to Like a rendezvous meet. point or yeah. something like that? Okay. But they could never find the two ships, the Ellen Austin and the ghost ship. They were gone. Okay, so they, they were able to transmit for help, but then the, the, they never showed up. They never up showed up. They disappeared. For, oh, wow. And, and they've never been found since? Apparently not. What the frick? Okay. All right. I have, uh, is it sticks come sail away stuck in my head right now? (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Good pull. It's just in my head like the I'm sailing away in my head. Wow. Amazing. That's that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Huh. I I was going to do this one if that's okay. Uh, Okay. Or not. Well, just because I've read them, so I don't know if it'll make more sense to me. All right. (laughs) Another ship. Let's hear another story, shall we? Yeah, another ship that disappeared was the USS Cyclops. I don't know why, but I just wanted to, like, cover my eye. Like, one eye. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like you when you don't have your glasses on because only one eye. I'm kidding. Get my monocle. Yes. (laughs) So the USS Cyclops was this like beast of a ship that was commissioned by the U.S. government to aid British forces during World War I. And it set sail to Brazil at the break of dawn in late February 1918. However, it never reached its destination. We're seeing a theme here. Huh. 
It was last seen off the coast of Barbados on March 4th. Search teams were sent out to salvage this giant ship, but they had no luck. When the families of 306 crew members started to ask questions, the U.S. government doubled its search operations. Just when there was no hope left, the government disclosed that there were no SOS calls, no wreckages, no sudden storms, and no remains of the ship. And with sincere poignancy, the government declared the ship to be lost and its inhabitants to be dead. And that was the greatest loss to the U.S. Navy. Uh, okay. So this is like a military ship. This I is mean, a, yeah. a huge beast of a ship. So what makes this more interesting and kind of creepy is that there were other two ships, the USS Proteus and the USS Nereus. Am I saying that right? Uh, sure. Who suffered the same fate in 1941. And there were no accounts of what happened to the ship, just that these ships traveled that route and they just disappeared. Hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. So we got a few more. So, so this is a I mean, flight. I, I got nothing so far. Normally I can think, okay, maybe it was this, maybe it was this. All right, maybe it was it. I, right now, I have nothing. I'm, I'm thinking, but I, I've got nothing so far. Well, what I, could have possibly like, I happened. have some thoughts about some things, but we'll, we'll save that for the end. Fair enough. So, Flight 19. Fli- oh, we're getting into airplanes Yes, now. Flight 19. Go. This was actually a few planes. Okay. So, on the eve of December 5th in 1945, now, I had found a couple places that allegedly this was the 19th flight of the same route over 19 days. And it's Flight 19. Hmm. Interesting. Five highly skilled U.S. Naval Avenger bombers vanished into thin air while carrying out a routine mission. The squadron's commander, who was a lieutenant, was constantly in touch with the base until his frequency broke down mid-sentence. There was no static um, or lost signal, just complete break of the link. So there were five aircrafts of Flight 19. Okay, yeah. And they were never seen or heard from again. And to top it off, the rescue force dispatched to recover the planes were never returned. Wait, wait. The the rescue force yeah. also go, was yeah. lost? What? Yeah. So with this one, I had heard that, and I don't know if, I think it was this one, when they were talking, um, the guy leading the squad squadron. Yeah was saying that he was having problems with his compass. It wasn't, it wasn't right, and they were lost. And that's something that's come up with a lot of these is their compasses don't work, and we're going to get into that. I, I was like, oh, I have an idea. Maybe there's something, but I'll, I'll wait to share my thoughts. I don't, I, again, and these are, I mean, yes, 1945, granted, but you'd figure that their their instrumentation, or instrumentation, is that even a word? Their instruments, instruments? their onboard instruments. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up here. Uh, their onboard instruments and all that kind of stuff, and, and, they're, and they're, they're radioing back and forth, you'd figure that it's a little more sophisticated, obviously, in an airplane than it would be on a ship, and, and it's the military, so even but at the time... a compass. Right, but you would figure even at the time... 
that 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 they've got the the latest greatest type stuff because it's for the military, right? But still, just missing. And the fact that the because because I read I, I I glanced through the story in that book that I was telling you about, but I I didn't read it all the way through apparently because I didn't realize the rescue force that went to recover the planes also got lost. I didn't realize that they never returned. What? There must be some awesome island over there somewhere that nobody knows about and everyone just goes there and they're like, screw this place. We're going yeah, they're here. They're out looking and they see this island. They're like, oh, that looks cool. It's got like, you know, I, I just it's pictured like it out. Bar. It's, got, it's, got, yeah, it's got like the lights, you know, like with arrows pointing at it. It's got like fireworks. Pull, you know, it's like Hump everywhere. Island from Couples Retreat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just, uh, yeah. Got and and, they, and they're, they're looking out for the plane and they see that and they're like, oh, oh, let me go there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah wow. So, this is another ship, the Marine Sulphur Queen. So, this is another story. Yeah. So, this is a ship. A ship in 1960. Marine Sulphur Queen was converted into a carrier of molten sulphur. That sounds like fun. Uh, from being a T2 tanker. It was a 600-foot giant built in 1944 for the purpose of storage. So on February 2nd in 1963, it set its sails to... to what is it, it sets sail to its concluding Thank journey. You. Yes. Sure you don't want me to read? No, I was just like, what did I write? Um, at that time, it was carrying... 15,000 tons of molten sulfur and 39 valued crew members. Its existence was last acknowledged on February 4th. And just like in many cases, the radio transmission broke mysteriously mid-sentence. And what's more intriguing is that during that transmission, the commander was briefing about how good the weather conditions are and um, and help, how the helpful navigation just before reporting was cut short. Um, so this is a huge ship and that was very successful traveling, never had any issues. And then all of a sudden, boom, signals gone mid sentence was saying the weather was good. Hmm. So it's not like they were in a storm. There was anything weird. It's just, everything's good. Everything's hunky dory. Yeah. Everything's really Where'd they go? Yeah, they just vanish. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of stories that that very similar, that kind of a thing, where they're this communication back and forth, and all of a sudden, boom, gone. Huh. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So this is the last story that I wrote down, because there's so many. I, I would be here. There's, there's tons. Yeah, yeah there's I'd be here forever. Um, the last one is Flight 441. A super constellation naval airline disappeared during its transatlantic flight on October 30th, 1954, to Azores. I'm not familiar with where that is. While carrying 42 people on board. It was carrying two powerful radio transmitters, but it didn't send out an SOS. Weather was reported as nothing unusual, though there were intermittent thunderstorms and mild turbulence which the aircraft could have easily avoided by raising its flying altitude. But no trace of the aircraft could be found, and the Naval Aviation Section Director admitted that there was no explanation. No to, official explanation. No official explanation to account for the loss. So this is another plane that, boom, gone. Huh. I, I didn't take copious notes. Uh, I usually don't. I try, I try to remember things and... There was one incident that I read about in the book 
and it was just uh, it was a it was a single passenger plane that was coming in and was talking with the radio control tower, right? Uh, air traffic control tower. He's coming in and the air traffic controller is talking to him like fine. Weather's fine. Everything's good. He's, he's clear for his landing. He's w- looking at him on the, on the radar and, and he's watching his blip on the radar as he's approaching. And he turns away literally for like a second is the way it was described. He turns away for a second to grab something, looks back at the, and, and he's talking to the guy, looks uh, back at the radar screen and, and the, it's gone. The, bl- the, the blip of his plane is gone and the guy's voice is gone. Like he cuts out. So he's like, hello, hello. You, you try to find the, yeah, gone. Just completely gone. He watched him, essentially watched him just disappear. The almost creepy part about that is the fact that the moment he disappeared was the one moment he turned away from the screen. Yeah. Yeah. He turns, yeah, he literally, he turns away from the screen. And the way, the way it's written in the, in the account, the way it's described, like for a second to grab something, it turns around and he's gone and his voice is gone from, you know. That's crazy. Yeah, the communication is just gone. And he was like clear to land. Like he was coming in for his landing. It just vanished. Gone. That's yeah. like, a, like a mile from. Well, where some he was of these stories land. that we heard and that I've read about, they're they're like close. They're talking about landing, so they're not that yeah. far away. They're like miles from shore, and then they disappear. Well, what do you? I mean, uh, I, I I've got nothing, but there's obviously there's tons of theories out there. There's a lot and, of theories, and when you have these type of circumstances where you're going to, obviously people are going to come up with, you're going to have like scientific type people or, or scientists and, and people like that that are going to come out. They're going to say, well, what was this, this and this, but then obviously you're going to have people like us. People <laughs> like us. You're going to, well, well, maybe it was this, maybe it was it. Maybe so, it was so you're going to, you're going to run the gamut of actual fact based science type of theories and yeah. and and crazy nutty conspiracy theories and and, Maybe and it's everything somewhere in down between. The middle. So let's let's run the gamut. Let's hear some of these theories if well, you don't mind. I want to share one of my theories that Please. I mentioned to you. So with the compasses, it made me wonder there are some rocks and minerals that are magnetic and they can affect how compasses work. And I was really curious if maybe they're like for example, hematite is magnetic. And there's like a whole list of different minerals that are magnetic. And I was like, I wonder if there's a strong enough source under the ocean, could it affect ships and planes to cause that to happen? I don't know. I don't know enough about how much you would need to have like under the ocean, but it was just a thought that popped in my head. So I wanted to share it. I mean, that would, that would maybe account for why compasses get all jacked up. But the other thought I had is, you know how there's certain points like for example in the u.s i forget where it is but it's like like compasses don't really work um i'm trying to think of what it's called i i, I know what you're talking about i don't know that the actual terminology the actual technical yeah term. but like there's points like there's a, like about, i yeah. think one or two places in america where you go the compasses won't work and like gravity is kind of weird yeah i can't I, think I, of I know what you're talking about yeah but like a vortex kind yeah. of thing. Like yeah. And it's like, what if, like, usually those are just like attractions for like a tourist trap. Right. But if there's really something like that that is causing that to happen, 
Perhaps. Could be. But then all my other thoughts are more like. I mean, that would explain some of it, but yeah. when you have a crew jumping overboard, or, or I don't know if they're jumping or not, but when crew just vanishes and, and ships are found yeah. with, with, you know, rotting food on on the plate, you know, and, the, and all the cargo is still there, and that's, I mean, just weird stuff like that, or when you have just plain, I mean, there's theories that make sense for possibly what could have happened to some of the ships. Yeah. I will well, say that. Well, and that's the thing. I think it's all different cases. Right, but it's the planes for me where it's like, okay. You, okay, where do they go? Where do those go? Like the 100-foot wave thing, like the, the British, the, the British the scientists that we talked about last week. How, how do you account for planes? Here's the thing. So... One of the issues that's going to be brought up with the factor is weather. And I just wanted to point out that the majority of these stories that, like, when they took place, it happened during hurricane season. Hurricane season is, I believe, officially June 1st until November 30th in that area. But it's usually um, August, September, and October when it's the worst. But. That's a lot, and it's a super heavily traveled area. Yeah, yeah. So you, so when you think about the weather being a factor, that's something that, you know, well, it makes sense. That can affect planes. So, yeah, hurricanes, weather can affect planes, but that's, we're going to talk about different factors. So we're going to get there, and we'll discuss that. But the theories, let's do theories. Yeah, let's, because I've got a couple. Okay. I, I want to hear some of the some of the theories that uh, that are out there, I guess. Well, I think one of the most popular is that the lost city of Atlantis is beneath the Bermuda Triangle, and that is what is causing all these things. And, and anyone who knows about Atlantis, they used crystals and that gave them like power, like to power everything as well. So something, maybe it's the crystals that are causing this, but, um, that's, well, that's the thing. How, okay. So let's just say that Atlantis, if it existed, is there, let's say it's there. How is that causing ships to disappear? How uh, you say crystals, but what, what exactly so what is the, is the city of Atlantis? Are there still Atlanteans that live there? Are there still know. people that live there that are seeing ships and planes well, and going, "Hey, I want that ship." Or some I want the people, people. Like, what, what? there have been people who have claimed to found the ruins of Atlantis, but okay. they can never produce proof. Something happens <laughs> and their proof gets lost. Hey, I found Atlantis. Did you know that? Did you? Yeah, I mean, do you have proof? Why well, I need proof. <laughs> The craziest thing happened. I took pictures with my underwater camera and then nothing came out. But that's the kind of stuff. Like people say that they find it, but then they can't give the proof. Um, Charles Berlitz actually popularized the legend that Atlantis was in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, He had a very popular book, The Bermuda Triangle, in 1974. And in it, he claimed that Atlantis was involved with the disappearances. Yeah, but again, like I say, how? So how? Because it's a mysterious place. The mysterious (laughs) things happen. Hey, didn't you watch The Mysterious Island with The Rock? Didn't didn't you watch that? uh, Oh, I don't know. Did I? Yeah, we watched it with the kids. Okay. But there's like an island (laughs) and it turns out like it was the lost city of Atlantis. And yeah. 
Okay, so spoilers but again, if you haven't watched that. So okay, so so Atlantis is under under the water, under correct? the water, and some for some reason. Okay, now with Atlantis, we're going to start go off on a tangent. It should be its own show, but we, with we can Atlantis, do a show on Atlantis. Is Atlantis? Uh, was it initially above water, or has it always been an underwater? Well, that's field? the thing. I've heard different stories of it being underwater and then above that's why water. I'm, that's why I'm not clear on it. So, so that's why it's like, well, what is which, it? Yeah, Maybe it's it? a little bit of both. All right. I, I still don't know how, if Atlantis is there, if, if that exists, how that would be disappearing ships and planes. That's the part that doesn't make sense to me, unless it's like you said, it's like the mysterious island, like the Hollywood the movie that The Rock was in or whatever. The Atlanteans are like, you cannot find and, our And secret. it's like some crazy, you know, tornadoes and hurricanes in that area that keep Atlantis hidden or whatever. I, I don't I don't know. But that doesn't account for the, the planes and the and the boats that go missing when it's when they're they're in radio contact with people and the weather's fine and all of a sudden they're gone. It doesn't account for that. So But okay, we'll say Atlantis. That's a theory. Is a theory. It's a theory. I don't know how that would work, but all right. And also, um, Bermini Road. Uh, the, uh, is in Bim- the Bimini Road. Bimini is that it? Bimini yeah, Road. Bimini okay. Road. That's yeah. in Atlantis, and what that is is it's basically like l- big limestone, like square concrete, not concrete or limestone kind of slabs, and it's like a paved road that leads down. It's like it, by the Bahamas, and it just has like this path, but it doesn't seem to really go anywhere. Yeah, very... I use the word interesting a lot, mm. and that's very interesting. Because what is it? Yeah. Where does it go? They said it, 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 who put it, it there? seems man-made. It's not natural. Yeah, like who put it there? Hey, let's put a road where, in an ocean. Where, yeah, right. Where did, where hey, you really want to fuck with people? <laughs> let's get these big blocks of limestone and like dig underwater and put them in <laughs> and make it look like a fucking Pre- road. Prehistoric pranksters. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're going to be like, yeah, that will really Why mess not? with people. Why not? They're going to be like, what the hell is this? Where's it going to? <laughs> to nothing. Let's just, let's just fuck with people. Hey, hey, Jebediah, you want to fuck with people? Sure thing. Let's make a road in the ocean. Let's make a road in the ocean. Yeah, there you go. So another theory. Interesting. Aliens. Of course. Of course. That's what I always thought when I was a kid growing up into my teens and 20s. Yeah, the story of Christopher Columbus is what a lot of people think. It's extraterrestrial. Other people have claimed that they see lights in the sky, like weird blue lights, different things. Um... And some people think that the aliens created wormholes and the boats and planes are going through these wormholes and that's why they're disappearing. I mean, where where you have so many, because we only, like you said, we've only touched on a couple of more of the well-known stories, but there's hundreds, maybe even thousands by this point of planes and boats that have gone missing in mm-hmm. this area. So, I mean, is it aliens? I don't know. I don't know if aliens are even a thing, if they're even real. I don't know. But can that account for everything? But that's the thing. I don't think any of these theories can account for everything. No, of course not. Of course not. So, I don't know. Did Columbus see aliens? Maybe. 
did did was Columbus even a real person? Who knows? I don't know. Did the character of Columbus? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> who knows? Uh, who knows who, what's real? Yeah, right. An- so another fun theory is an underground government base. Okay, I can see. We've that. talked about this with bases underground. Yeah, they they definitely the they yes. definitely exist, but and under, under the, the ocean. I don't know. You never and, know. And would they be responsible for disappearing their own planes and their own ships? Maybe. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you, you can't rule that out, of course. I wouldn't put it past them. No, I, no, I, I wouldn't either. But, I again, but does that account for stuff that happened in the 1800s? Do you think there was underground I don't, Yeah, bases? I don't know. I don't know, but they think that the, the I mean, governments it could ca- be. I don't they're know. experimenting with things that are causing these problems. These experiments are causing these problems. Could, it could very well be. It could be. And another theory is a comet. They Some people think that a comet crashed into the Atlantic floor thousands of years ago in that area, and the magnetic waves from it are what are causing compasses not to work. Okay, but again... How does that account for stuff that goes missing or people and crew that just go missing, but the ship or the plane or whatever is still there? How know. does that, how does that happen? Like, how does that work? That, that doesn't make sense. So a comet crashed. Okay. That could be a factor. It could be. It, it could it, be a factor. But, but, and, and maybe it's a bunch of factors when you think but, about it. But, but the thing with the, the comet crash, did anybody see a comet crash? No. It's just somebody, somebody's going, well, maybe Christopher Columbus crashed. saw a fiery ball coming down to the sea. It's a facto. It's a comet that crashed thousands of years ago. Come on. All right. Keep up. Okay. You're right. I, I suck. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> but no, but that's what I mean. Like, come on, like I don't know, but but it says that it crashed thousands yeah, of years thousands ago. Of years ago, Columbus was not thousands of I years. I know. Ago. I'm just saying, you got to put the pieces together, kind of like the rogue I, ra- rogue I, waves putting those pieces together. I guess. But there's some other factors to oh, think about. Okay. Bermuda has a coral reef. Bermuda has a 230 square mile. Coral reef. Bermuda has 230 square miles of offshore coral reefs. Yes. Okay. And that's been a known factor for many shipwrecks. You got to get better at reading your own writing. (laughs) I was typing fast. I was trying to get this stuff done. uh, Um, But no, they have have coral reef. That is a known factor for shipwrecks. But what about planes? Okay. Weather. We talked about hurricane season. So yeah. Bermuda is a small island located about 600 miles east of the nearest mainland. And because of its isolation in the Atlantic Ocean, combined with its 21 square miles, Bermuda is susceptible to extreme weather conditions. Studies conducted from 1609, and I was like, seriously? I got this from Bermuda.com. Oh, 1609 boy. to the present day found devastating storms affect the island on average every six to seven years. Most often as hurricanes. But yeah, you you have weather. And then there's okay. another really, and we saw this in the documentary that was yeah. brought up. Methane gas. Not from the cows, but <laughs> there are theories. The ocean farts. <laughs> sea cows. There are theories of pockets of methane gas trapped under the ocean floor that explode 
to the surface. Ocean flatulence. Yes, the ocean is gassy. (laughs) This is believed to cause ships to become engulfed by the methane gas, causing it to sink quickly, and then it gets covered in the sediment from the explosion. So from what we had heard from the documentary when they were talking about this, and I've read this as well, basically the gas comes up and the ship loses its buoyancy and just pulls it down. All right. But again, what about planes? Yeah. Planes, the only real factor is the compasses, people getting lost and running out of fuel and storms, maybe. All right. Um, I also wanted to look up, I was curious because in the documentary we watched, there was a, a crew that would go out and they had this like, submarine camera and they would find wrecks because they were looking for flight 19 um and they'd go out and find these wrecks and there were so many boats and planes so many and so it's not just these stories these if you will sensational stories that are weird there's so many stories and that could have been from something mysterious or just a storm like there was um a cigarette boat and he's like, yeah, that was probably from like drug runners back in like the 80s because it was like from the 1980s. And they said what happened with those kinds of boats, they're so small that when there's a storm, the waves get big and just wash over the boat and it sinks. So there is stuff like that that can happen. Of course. And and this is such a big area of ocean too. So, Yeah. And I was curious, what is the deepest part of the Bermuda Triangle? Because Did like, you find out? Yeah, so from what I could find, the deepest part of the ocean in the Bermuda Triangle is the Puerto Rico Trench, which is 27,493 feet, which is also 5.2 miles. I did the math myself. It didn't say the, the mileage. It's miles, deep. So I, that That's deep. It is deep. Yes. Deep like my thoughts. Not really. But I I was just curious because, like, how deep can we go to see what's there? Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I mean, again, with the area being so big and being so heavily traveled as well, obviously, it's like, I think I mentioned this to you when we were talking about this earlier. It's like the highway. Yeah. You're going to have car accidents. It just, it happens mm-hmm. because there's so many cars and there's so many people that travel on but there. But do cars just go missing? True. But, but what we saw in the documentary, just the different wrecks and all the, the amount of wreckage yeah. that they found under, you know, underwater while they're searching for other things, they're finding other things, you know, while they're searching for one thing, they find, you know, two or three other things. So it's a heavily traveled area. Because obviously, you know, you have, you know, you're going from well, whatever, you know, yeah. you're going back and forth. So, so it's a heavily traveled area. Yeah. You got planes going back and forth, ships, whatnot. You're going to have your accidents, of course. The thing that I, the, the thing with the Bermuda Triangle is the missing crew, the missing people, yeah. that, those things. Th- those are the things that make no sense. And I cannot figure out how to explain that i and and i i've thought about it a lot and i have nothing that can explain the missing people where where do these people go where do they go they 
the lifeboats are still there. Like, if they're thinking maybe the ship's about to sink, they're going to jump on a lifeboat. That would are make they, sense. Are, are they being abducted? By who? By Again, what? Again, that's where aliens could come in if they're being abducted. Per- perhaps. I, I mean, what... Are they just going crazy? Is there something that when they get to a certain point, maybe there's some kind of like you mentioned crystals that make maybe make the uh, the uh, the compasses go nuts. Does it also mess with people's heads and maybe they go crazy and they just let's jump, jump. out into the ocean? I don't I, ah, I don't know. Crazy. It could be maybe maybe people hallucinate. I don't I don't know, but that's the part to me that is it leaves me scratching my head still going. All these years later, ever since I first heard of the Bermuda Triangle as a kid, I'm still I still have no idea what's going on there. I I think there's different reasons for different things. I think it could I don't be, think there's just one explanation. I think you're right. I don't think it's one thing. I don't think it's rogue waves like these British could that be that, possible? Sure, but it doesn't explain everything. It's 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 a possibility for some. I think the, it's kind of, of pompous to say like, oh, this is the reason for everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But to yeah, but I think, I think the 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 safest explanation is it's probably a little bit of all of them yeah. combined. It's such a massive area. It's so heavily traveled. I bet you a little bit of everything happens there. A little bit of aliens. A little, a little bit aliens, of comet. Maybe some. Warps or wormholes. wormholes. Yeah, thank you. Methane gas. Some methane gas. Yeah, coral yeah, reefs, you know, weather. What? Maybe some foul play. Maybe some play. Maybe Government some, bases. Maybe some people get disappeared there on purpose. Mm. Uh, you know, who knows? That's I, like a witness protection thing. Like, hey, I got to disappear. Oh, I'm flying over the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> over the Bermuda. Ah, yeah. New life. You live in Ohio now. Yeah. Hey, that could be too. Who knows? Yeah, I got nothing, though, as far as what is it. I think it's probably just a little bit of all of them. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a cop-out saying that because I like to be very firm in what I think. But I think that, yeah, it's probably just a little bit of everything. And there's probably stuff that we haven't even thought of or, yeah. or that anybody's thought of. I'm sure there's of. information that we didn't come across. Oh, so for sure. You it, never know. For sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Very, very interesting. Do you have for you anything in particular? Like uh, for me, the one that really gets me is uh, the the first story. Uh, not, not excuse me, the second story, where the the crew commandeers the ghost ship, and, and then they go missing. And didn't then, work the first time. You think it's gonna work the second time? What happened there? That that's the one where I'm just I going. Just, what I just could wonder, like, possibly happen. What there? were you thinking? What happened there? That like that that's the one that gets me. And 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 then the they they all go they're all gone by the time I mean what and the ship now the ships were gone too right gone yeah so the, the everyone disappeared even, everyone gone the ships are gone it's just yeah that's the one that gets me that's very strange very strange I don't know I don't know but. We'd love to hear what you have to yes. say. Yes, let us let us know what your you thoughts. Think. Oh, actually, somebody because for the episode from last week, I'll see if I can find it. Um, some people. Let me. Was this on social media? Yes, or on, on YouTube our Twitter. Or? 
So we had comments see. on Twitter. Yeah, because okay. our episode about Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. So Ken Giffey Jr. He 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 sent like um uh, a meme. Okay. And it looks like like a comment. Do you want to explain it? You might be able to do better. I have to see this. Hold on here. Bear with us, folks. I forgot until like right now. I'm like, oh yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I, I'm trying to figure out how to verbalize this. And yeah, because I'm like, how do I explain it? I'll share it. Share it. I'll just yeah. I'll share it. Share I'll, it. I'll Check I'll out our like, social media. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, and then um, then you right. put it's the aliens, <laughs> <laughs> and our our friend Susan put no spoilers, Ken, and then she put Project Bluebeam, and um, they were just having like a fun conversation. Fake alien invasion is a psyop. So just a little fun conversation. So you can check it out on our social media. Um, we were obviously tagged in it. But yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, for sure. Reach out. We, we'd like to get your thoughts and theories. Anything we didn't discuss, anything we didn't hypothesize, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Because I, I, I'd love to get somebody's unique take on this. You should do a homewrecker field trip. <laughs> to the Bermuda Triangle. To the Bermuda Triangle. We'll go yeah. to like Bermuda or Bahamas. We'll get on a ship. Yeah. I wouldn't want to fly it. We'll do a cruise. Cruise in the We'll go rent a boat. There you go. We'll get a boat. There you oh, go. We need somebody who knows how to sail. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Why yeah. not? What but yeah, hell? let us know. And um, All right. we forgot to mention, find us on YouTube and Brighty on. Subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. And if there's a review system, please give us five stars or the highest amount possible. We appreciate it. We do. Yeah. All right. Well, so there's that. There you have it. Yeah. So until next time, I am the Golden Greek. Alex Arion joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, the lovely Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker podcast. Thank you.